Hello and welcome to The Real Podcast with Dean Sophia. In this episode, episode six, we will be diving in to spiritual surrender. Over to Sophia. Today, we're talking about surrender as a spiritual practice. Surrender has many interpretations given the situation. So let's look at this from the context of the ascension model. 3D reality where all is black or white. So surrender in this context is admitting defeat, which means you surrender to an experience or you surrender to an emotion. You just stop trying to prevent or control it. For example, um, for me personally, I finally surrendered to temptation and ate the remainder of the peanut butter jar or it could be the coconut and cashew butter jar I bought the other day. All right, back to this. Still in the 3D reality, surrender in the context of giving is when you give something that is yours to someone else because you have been forced to do so or because it is necessary to do so. So surrender in the physical world generally means giving up and throwing out everything you have been doing. It sometimes means walking away from what you hold dear to you And surrender can be difficult and it also um, is a last resort for most of us when we really reflect back on life. So let's have a pause. That's in the 3D realm, okay, the physical world. Now, surrender in spiritual practice is actually much more inviting than this perception. However, it's no less difficult. It is difficult because ultimately surrender means letting go we hear that mantra a lot letting go so this is where we explore that here in surrender in a spiritual context we give up our attachment to specific beliefs desired outcomes we let go of our preconceived ideas about how things should be and we rest in the wisdom of a greater divine knowledge we stop attempting to figure things out for a while and we return to source and what I mean by that we allow ourselves to be in complete service to divine consciousness there is a challenge in this and it's in stopping the patterns of our mind and it's also in releasing our emotional attachments and we can only do this by witnessing our intense thoughts and feelings so that we can let go into the serenity and peace of not knowing. We need to be willing to create new neural pathways, new ways of firing the brain, which become new patterns from which to filter our emotions. So as we mentioned in our previous episodes, we need to be at ease with the not knowing. In this space of not knowing lies the realm of all possibilities. And it really is from this experience that we emerge refreshed and renewed with a truer sense of what is next for us. We just trust in the process. So when we do let go and we allow ourselves to sit in the not knowing The clarity that comes through is that we may discover that the very same goals we had prior to this surrender are still appropriate. 
And now we are able to approach those goals with a lot more devotion and dedication, a clearer sense of purpose and trust. Or we might find that the goals and desires we have been clinging on to are outdated. They might be completely off our true north and therefore needing to be replaced with more relevant goals. Now, surrender means letting go of what, how, when and who. So let me repeat that again. It covers all aspects. It means letting go of what, how, when and who, all of it. Okay? So it's not hanging on to one aspect. It's just letting go of all aspects that you're surrendering. Surrender means trusting that all is placed in the right time, space and sequence. So we'll take another pause here and think about that. I often um, in classes when students come to you at the end and they're sharing in that safe space and wanting some reassurance and needing to tell them that the only reassurance is knowing that you're only given what you're able to process and work to your highest good in the right time, space and sequence. If it was given to you in any other order, it would not be for the benefit of your true north, your true path. And to just allow that to be as it is without needing to put a saboteur in place where you're questioning things or creating lack around it, by not having any lack and by not having any expectations is where we have that sweet surrender. So this brings me to one of my favourite lines that I always say to myself silently. In surrender, we peacefully let go of how we think things have to be and allow the divine to be in charge of our lives. So the truth is the divine has always been in charge. Everything we do is a choice. Everything, even the reaction we create, it's our choice to react. It's our choice to not react and ignore, but everything is a choice. We need to really understand that. And it is our personality, our free will, to tap into the divine's guidance for our highest and best good. When we surrender, we give up the obstacles we are putting in the way. We stop needing to take the control out of divine's hands and into our own. We simply let go of it all. We let go what we perceive to be good, bad, right, wrong, helpful or limiting. We let go of the concept of failure, sadness, and we disengage from that story of struggle. And I know I'm laughing at that because I really spent a third of my life really um, believing the struggle story. So, yeah, it's interesting now that even when things to people outside might look like, oh, my gosh, that's happening for you, I'm quite at peace with it or just watch it happen in front of me rather than be in it. So we'll dive a little bit more into that now. Um, the divine sees a much bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So we stop punishing ourselves for what we didn't know, didn't do, didn't accomplish, and instead we allow divine's love to have its way with us manifesting through each of us in its own perfection. 
we completely trust the orchestration of our unique awakening. And how we experience it is completely different to the next soul and that human incarnation that they chose. We need to understand that there's no comparing on this journey. Okay, so in doing so, we are open and free to receive new input that may demonstrate to us better and more effective goals or means of achieving our greatest desired outcomes. And we may learn that there are other approaches or other people more in alignment with our own awakening. And it's interesting, you'll have people that in this incarnation have chosen the same people to have from the moment they came through to the moment that they, you know, pass over into the next realm. And there are others like myself where at every point of surrender and the next stage of the ascension, there's a new group of people that appear. And there's really only, (laughs) I'm laughing at that again, two constants being my parents. So yeah, they've had to observe a lot of um, my journey where the people have changed completely every seven to 10 years. Absolutely. The backdrop has changed. So surrender requires clarity and dedicated effort but it doesn't have to be a struggle. And that's what I mean. You let go of story, even the attachment to having the story of struggle as a way you identify yourself with through life. And you go into a real Zen state, which I call the quiet mind. And I really want you to close your eyes for this bit if you're not driving and feel into this. This is a surrender to a quiet mind. So you still your emotions to create space to observe and know what is beyond the struggle. An easy way to relate to this concept is to think of the effort as what is needed to fully surrender to love. This is not a surrender to romantic, sexual, friendly, parental or conditional love, but it's a surrender to agape, the highest form of universal, unconditional love. I tend to know this as unity consciousness. Okay, that's just how I refer to it, Christ consciousness. I'm going to share with you now um, a personal story, as I do, and it will put this all into context for you um, and you'll find it easier to then identify that into your own life. All right, so my heart on my sleeve, here I go. There is only one way of being for me as an empath and channel. I am either all or nothing. So for those looking in, I have been described, notice I don't use the word label in many words, um, from introverted to driven, loyal, intuitive and patient. Overall, they hold no value to me, um, regardless if it's a pro or a con. And what I mean by this is I have surrendered in service to the divine for this incarnation. All I know is to trust, even if it is painful at times and I'm not sure where I'm going, I just trust. I learnt this in the first of my two dark nights of the soul. During this time, the divine came through with many messages. I'll take you to my first one. I was 34 years old 
almost 35, hmm, the seven-year cycle. We'll chat about this in another episode. So 34 revolutions around the sun and the divine lightly tapped, followed up with a knock and then came in with the bulldozer. So the summary version, had my heart broken after 14 years in a codependent relationship. Most of you can relate to that at some point. Physically, a severely torn ITB that required 18 months of rehab and learning to walk again, literally. And embarking on the startup phase of a new coaching venture, which would be the next layer of my mindset and well-being business. So there I was, my soul stripped of all its armour and stories. And I never felt so close to the real me. And I'm referring to my soul and my relationship with the divine. I kind of came to realise that I'd chosen this body, that I was wearing a costume as a yoga teacher, and that was purely the vehicle for which to do my work. And that was really clear to me. And the rest was just surrender now from this point on to the next incarnation. So at that point, a part of my psyche knew that all of what I had going on had to stop. And the direction I was in needed to change, like completely change. Um, My soul, along with the guidance of the divine, was now communicating with me to course correct me. And the first magical act was A Course in Miracles. This book landing on my feet at a metaphysical bookstore. And I was staring at it, its navy cover, thinking, oh, It's literally fallen off the shelf and that led me to read and complete the year-long workbook and daily meditations. I just knew I had to come home with me and it's what I had to do. So that was the first magical act. So can you see how the torn ITB had to be the pause for me to have space to complete the Course in Miracles? From there, receive the steps to identify and delete contracting patterns, to acknowledge new realities, and to consciously, from there on in, choose to align with living in the vibration of love, rather than existing to please the narratives that do not belong to me. And what's interesting is that when you come into one level of your ascension, then the tests come through to see if you've learned everything that you've learned and that can take you into that next dark night of the soul until you learn those and you need that space and pause again. And sometimes you go into Satori, which you don't need to go into the Kensho, the depths of despair. You can stay on that ride of the high vibrational frequency and learn from that high and launch into the next ascension. But my soul seems to choose the Kensho for the most part for now. So we'll see if I can turn that around with the next 45 revolutions around the sun or so. I feel that if we sat back and reflected, like what I found in my life, it's in the busyness of doing, we become less present. So we're just in the act of moving from one task to another. And then that creates a vortex where we unconsciously allow other narratives 
other stories, other beliefs that come from other aspects of the 3D world that stem from toxic relationships, that lingering from ancestral trauma to become our own stories, our own way of experiencing life. And then because of that busyness and the vortex that we've created, we're not able to be present to weed our own garden. What I mean by that is to, you know, go through and work out what is real to you and what isn't. And when we don't do that very often, we just end up in a pattern where what we really believe is that we're just here to exist and we lose sight of the beauty that we're here to learn love and to thrive and live. So that's why we all get caught into that hamster wheel just through the busyness of doing. And so in spiritual surrender, we allow ourselves to trust in the divine's guidance without worrying about how we think things should be. So even if your days are crazy and they don't make any sense, you're just present to the peace in that moment with what you're doing and the person that you're with or the conversation that you're having with yourself and you're coming from a place of love and nurturing. So it's a choice to peacefully rest in the divine and to allow ourselves to be guided, nourished and fulfilled beyond our own imagining. Well, perfect. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. All right. That was so good, Soph. I do love tuning into your wise words. Furthermore, when it comes to angelic and archangelic support, remember that they are always nearby, always listening and always able and willing to help. But they do need permission because of our human free will. Even an ascended master needs permission to support us, which there are specific mantras that we ourselves use. This is uh, pure love in action, by the way. While there are different ways to invoke divine support, within mine and our team here at Heart Basing Cairns, we have been taught to use I invoke and permission thee at the end of our mantra. It's also interesting to note that the common vernacular for surrender is in fighting or battle scenario. Uh, And as Soph mentioned, spiritual surrender can be just as difficult as it is connected and directly related to the attachment and aversion that we have spoken of in previous episodes. So again, also coming back to the emotions and subconscious patterning that we have running in the background. A quick uh, note for any of you, who think human psychology is interesting, go do some research on esoteric psychology because this will give you a new understanding behind our energetic dynamic as spiritual beings having a physical plane experience. Do some reading on the lucistrust.org. That's lucis, L-U-C-I-S-T-R-U-S-T, or one word, lucistrust.org, their website. So the Alice Bailey collection of literature runs deep and vast on many topics. That said, though, for anyone who does feel connected with the deep material we are covering here, we do have a recommended reading list, which is a lot lighter reading than Alice Bailey's work. So get in touch for that. 
So intro to deep spiritual surrender into my own authentic expression. This is interesting. bit of a story here for you. This story that follows does go deep and may as a result be an unknown thing for some of you. As my lovely Sophia just pointed out, it may even put some of you off. As a result, I am blending it in and starting out more gently before hooking right in. Even if this only sows a seed of possibility for you, then I will get great satisfaction, as this has been and continues to be a big part of my life story. So, with love and radical authenticity in mind, here we go. Quotation from me, surrendering to the incoming flow of soul energy, to the lessons, awareness and insight that need to be embodied, for the realisation that our personalities may not have our best higher purpose interests in mind, will uncover some deeper truths and necessities for our deepening spiritual development and journey to unfold. D. Viridian. So who's D. Viridian, you might ask? So D. Viridian is my new name. It's a name that I am going to change my old name to. It's uh, based around alpha numerology, and it is a name that is powerfully energizing for me in a sense that when I compare it to my old name or my current name, Darren Butler, I look at it from a perspective that when it comes to energetic realms, the higher realms of consciousness, you may or may not be aware of how our thoughts and our words, they literally create things. They are magical and they contain energy. That's why letters joined together, words joined together in sentences also create magic. Um, one of the more advanced tools that we learn in esoteric psychology and even alchemy, esoteric alchemy, is to be very careful how we talk, when we talk, what we say, because it all has consequences and a knock-on effect, a butterfly effect per se, uh, very specifically and very scientifically, actually. So Viridian came about when I first started my path, my journey, uh, four years ago when I first met Jakar, my ex-lover. Um, he came up with the word D because he, he thought because he thought it uh, suited my nature more directly, more it was more in sync with who I am, and so and I like it. I like D. It's more it's more soft, more feminine, more adventurous, more fun than Darren. Darren, I've always thought it's a bit boring. Um, Darren Butler, you know, very kind of plain, uh, and that's just not me. I'm not plain. I'm not boring. It's definitely not my personality. So, just recently, Jakar came out with the last name Viridian. It means something to do with emerald, the color green, and um, the actual numerology behind D. Viridian is expansive and powerful. It's about love. It's about power and wisdom and all these, all these other beautiful things. I might get into that uh, specifically the details on the numbering numerology uh, later, later date. So for those of us not familiar with the concept of spiritual surrender, let me tell you a story about a message from a master of wisdom. So in late 2015, a powerful past life connection was re-energized for me. A very special man came back into my life unexpectedly. That was an answer to my deep questioning and contemplations on life as it was 12 months prior. So I had been feeling change coming and was also feeling frustrated with the tedium of life as I knew it. My soul had been reaching out, seeking a deeper, more active connection. And so it began. The doorway had opened and I was extremely pleased about it, let me tell you, although I had no idea of the depths I was about to dive into. 
As I began to connect more deeply with my purpose, I realized that there was an entire reality of truth that I had been unaware of for nearly 40 years. And I was like, hmm, all these lies and all that deception coming through the mainstream and this new reality was like a breath of fresh air for me, I tell you. It had a powerful magic feel to it. And although I couldn't explain it, it caused my being to shine and light up in ways that I didn't know were possible before. So the special man had been channeling guidance from light beings for many years. But now the guidance was pinpointed at me. Why? Because I had a karmic connection with him and with them. And now was the time to step on up into the work that we had been training for for several lifetimes prior. We had, we had it down to roughly 1100 AD, so 900 years ago, in the time of the Knights Templar when our alchemy connection and training had begun. So back in the times when the Catholic Church ran their reign of terror against women, labelled as witches instead of the truth that they were healers and light workers. You know, I was also going to explain more detail here, but decided to hold off because of the depth it goes into until we get to know each other a little better or you come for some private sessions with us. It's very interesting information. Um, very interesting information. I'll leave it at that. So back to the story. My special man started again running meditations here in Cairns and from the meditations came direct comms from the light beings for me and others to start looking at and working through our stuff for transmutation in preparation for what was to come. It was highly engaging and interesting, a gentle direction at first, slowly leading me into higher and cleaner realms of consciousness. And slowly the energy of the life I was leading on the physical plane began to grind with this new life of higher consciousness that I was being pulled towards. I was being pulled strongly into this new realm of magical possibility of ancient alchemy, of Sanskrit and future to now manifestations. It was so powerful and so, so very interesting. But to take uh, possession of the new, I had to let go of and take a huge leap away from the old. As so further mentioned, meditation became a constant and regular practice throughout my day. And deepening stillness, presence, higher consciousness, clarity was a result of my efforts. As this process rolled out, I began to sense an awareness that I'd not felt before, a much deeper and more subtle awareness, which was telling me to surrender. Surrender, in fact, became my closest ally for some time. I would meditate on it and remind myself to be ready to flow into it and disconnect with the physical needs, wants and desires. As I was opening up to this new perception, one of the inner realm's connections came through with a new con, confirming what I'd been seeing in my intuition. Surrendering into something can be like letting go of an attachment or an aversion scenario, similar to that of breaking free from a limiting belief or subconscious program. It means making or creating change to do an old thing in a new way. When I came to fully understand and embody it, life became easier across the board in many ways. It created a kind of dispassionate resonance to many physical-based ideology in my life. I have also found that the more I come in control of my emotions, the easier it is to surrender at any given moment. Interesting, right? Sometimes it seems so easy. Yet others, it seems very difficult to achieve. 
To simplify it, we have generally been taught to do things in a certain way, be it through our parents or school or close friends, in many cases only a very narrow-minded perspective, which makes it difficult to change things or do things differently, right? As previously mentioned, it often causes discomfort, sometimes extreme discomfort. So, of course, it can be used as another tool for such change. I recommend researching and meditating on this spiritual surrender technique or to engage with us as we take our new students and clients through our ridiculously cheap Patreon offer to dive in and simmer in the juice. Oh, and P.S., the special man that entered my life, he did become my lover, and we did again re-embark on our alchemy training, taking it to the next level. I will dive into this, the further details of my spiritual alchemy journey and how it launched me onto the lightning path of an alchemist in later episodes. It uh, will likely become a book of sorts in the future also. All right. Thanks for listening. Now over to Sophie to take it on home. Hey, Dee. That was beautiful. Thanks for sharing. Look forward to hearing more about that part of your journey. Hmm. Yeah, you're so welcome. It's... um. It was nice to look back on it and reflect on it, actually. Big part of my life right there. Yes, so so moving on, uh, we will now seal this episode with a sacred love note. Again, another little love note for you all. A meditation to invoke surrender. Over to Soph. Okay. Let's just start by sitting in stillness. Centre your energy on the breath, the present moment, and feel into the areas in your life you are getting stuck on, areas where you're having trouble letting go, even though you know they don't serve you. If this happens to you, what I do and what I recommend for you to do is call in Archangel Michael to cleanse your energy with divine vacuum of light. And to do this, you simply ask, Archangel Michael, please vacuum my energy fully and completely of any lower vibrations, negativity, mind, ego, fear, or emotions of the lower levels. I ask this according to divine will for the highest and greatest good. And so it is. And then what I normally do and what I encourage you to do now is to open your heart and tune into that light around you. You may even tune into the upward pull as mind, body and spirit are cleansed. Just feel into that as the lower levels are pulled out of your being and released into the light. It is best then to set this intention. So quietly feel into this. I release the outcome. I surrender the outcome to divine will. 
I ask my higher self, the angels and the divine realms to step in, to intervene and to manifest the highest and greatest good for my life, for humanity and for all that is. And so it is. When you do this, trust that your highest self will step in. Trust that you are supported. Trust that you are blessed and trust that you are guided. Love, love. Love, love. So much love. <laughs>